0: God's word says, all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purposes. Not one of us here in this place are being seated here accidentally. We just didn't stumble and fumble and somehow just dropped into these doors. No. God has a very specific purpose, a very unique purpose. Sometimes we may feel, oh, really for me? I don't even feel special about myself. How how can I even expect someone else, especially God, to really think that He has something in store for me? And God says, the word of the Lord comes to us. When we feel downcast in our soul, when we feel, Lord, what is the point? I've gone from... Path A, or point A to point B, from point B to point C, C to D. At last, I've come to Z. <laughs> so at Z, I'm turning around and looking thinking, I went through a lot of zigzags, right? If we turn around and look at our lives, went through a lot of zigzags, a lot of crossroads, a lot of intersections. Where many of us can think today, I should have been dead. I'm alive. It's the grace of God. It's the love of God. God says, you're so special. You're so unique. And when we think about that, when the Lord says, you're so special, we may hear that over and over again, somebody telling, it's not some psychological manipulation to say, oh, you're so special. You're worth worthless, uh, countless, you know, you're so unique. But like, a lot of parents can tell that to their children. Some some really feel, sometimes some to say, to say, you know. And you go sit at a um, therapy session, They do certain things, right? Psychologically to boost your self-worth. But God never does that. He never does psychological manipulation on anyone. When he says it, he means it. He means it from the bottom of his heart. God's purpose for each one of our lives is to be his princesses. Each one. Though I have, like I said, I have five children... Each one is very unique. The little one who came, he is very, very different than the other four. Each child is so unique. And in God's eyes, he doesn't see, okay, he sees the whole world and from there, he says, okay, somebody's crying. He sends an angel, hey, Gabriel, go see why the person is crying. God is not like that. He's so much involved in your life and in my life. He knows the details. God knows the details. You know that? He knows the details. He knows I'm standing here at Walter Holling Home. He knows where I'm going to be tomorrow, and he knows where I was yesterday. So God knows everything about our lives. That's how great he is. He knows he's the all-knowing God. Nobody can be like that, right? He can know everything, and he's everywhere. He's God. Yeah, he's such a humble God. He never says, I am God, so stay far away. Even when you look at the book of Esther in those days, if you would have read the book of Esther, you we'll see, when the queen had to come to the king, she had to stand and she had to wait until the scepter was raised. God is not like that. For God, we have instant access. With him, when we say, Jesus, when we call out to him, he says, here I am. When we say, Lord, help, he doesn't just throw the help light. He gives his hand. That's who God is. God is the most loving, most compassionate most gentle he's the strongest and he is everything, he's the most wise, we call him the all wise all knowing God and that God he has chosen us to be his daughters I can say put your name and say he's chosen you to be his daughter, he doesn't even look at us as a group, he doesn't say okay these are my daughters, when he looks at you he looks at you for you He looks at me, for me. It's like when I go and look at my baby, I don't see all five faces in front of me. No. Each child, I look at them individually and they're so special. God, he's God, even though he has lots and lots of children, each child is so special, so unique, so royal. And God gives us the opportunity and the privilege through the blood of Jesus to come into his royal family. We, We don't We're not princesses by birth, genetically, but by adoption. He says, you know, like you've heard like a lot of adoption stories, right? In China, you know, in India, in Russia, where somebody thinks about a child who does not have a father or mother, their heart goes out to them and they say, I'm gonna get this child. I'm gonna bring that child into my family, and I'm gonna pour my love, my affection, everything into the child. And when that child grows Imagine if the child turns around and says, oh, you did it because you wanted to do it. Who asked you to do it? They're being grateful or ungrateful. They didn't have to do that, right? They didn't have to do that. It was out of their generosity, out of their kindness, out of their love, they chose to go down to that country, get that child, do all the paperwork, night and day. Their mind is on that. When am I going to bring that child? Oh, did this paperwork get through here? Then they make several calls and they try to get everything ready for... They do all these things. Is it just for their own pleasure? No. It's out of their heart, goodness of their heart, they want to do something good. And Jesus Christ, you cannot compare that with this example, but it's a small example that we can try to comprehend with our human mind. Jesus Christ is far above that. He... He's the Lord of the Lords, King of all kings. And he left heaven. You know why? One person. He left the heavens and he came for you. He left heaven and he came for me. He left heaven, his comfort zone. He had millions of angels to serve him. He had glory, honor, power. Everything was the end. It was a holy environment. The most beautiful place one can be. He said, because I have to go to planet earth and rescue my daughter, I'm going to leave heaven. I'm going to take the form of a human, of a servant. And he came down. The Bible says, though he was God, he did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. He came down, he took the form of a servant. For you and for me. That is the love of Jesus Christ. you know, It's far different than the adoption process that we have on Earth. He came down and he lived for 33 and a half years on this Earth. Went through hardship. Went through insults. Went through beatings. Went through cruel words. Even people tried to kill him several times. They tried tried to throw him off the cliff. do all kinds of things, even before he was crucified. He was God. Remember that. Imagine that you are a CEO of a company and you go down the street and you see your company people over there but they mock you they speak bad about you and they don't even respect you how do you feel in your heart? Jesus, he left his pride he left his status he left his comfort he didn't even have a place to lay his head that's what the Bible says only for one reason for you and for me if he had chosen to stay where he was we wouldn't have the life we have in Jesus Christ. the Fullness, the joy. It's not just heaven. A lot of people think, okay, if I accept Jesus, I'm going to go to heaven, that's it. God gives us abundant life here on earth and in heaven. He gives us everything we need to live a godly life, and then we're going to continue that in heaven. He paid the price. So he came, he lived a very difficult life, yet a victorious life, a holy life. Then he chose. Imagine he knew very well how he was going to be treated. It's not a moment of excitement. Okay, I'm going to get this baby and I'm going to bring a baby. It's not like, okay, I've never had a baby. I need a baby. That's very different, right? Somebody doesn't have a baby and they're going to go get an adoption. A lot of times it's for me. I want a baby, so I'm going to do it. And sometimes some people say, okay, i like to adopt a different country child. A child from a different country. But Not like that. But there are people who are very sacrificial who say, I have five children, but I want to give a home to this child who is an orphan. Jesus Christ is much more different than that. You cannot even compare that good deed with what Jesus did for us because he knew that he was going to be killed. He knew that he was going to be spat upon. He knew that he had to bear the point of thorns. He knew that people were going to try to push him off the cliff. He knew people were going to ask him silly questions. He knew people would try to irritate him to the maximum. He knew people would betray him. He knew people at one point would completely go away and he knew a lot of people would follow him for fish and bread. He, he knew most people would not follow him for Jesus Christ. just They will just come after him to see what they can get. How sad it would be if people would just come to us just to take things from us, not for us. right? The God of heaven and earth knowing all that, only for one purpose. One purpose is I need to redeem my Priscilla. I need to redeem my Victoria, I need to redeem my Esther, I need this child, if I don't go she's not going to live with me forever I created her you know why? I wanted her to live with me that's the purpose, right? that's the purpose of God creating you when he said, okay this child with this personality this features, this hair color this eye color, I'm going to put that child in that child's mommy's tummy God created that with a specific purpose During a specific period. A lot of times, as the Bible says, we choose our own path. We say, okay, God has a plan, but a lot of times we are not aware. Sometimes we are aware, and then we get rebellious. Sometimes we don't care until we really hit rock bottom. But God says, nevertheless, come unto me, all you, for weary, and you're feeling the heavy burden, and he says, I will give you rest. Who will give us that invitation? Anyone will give us that invitation? All you sick people, come to me. All the handicapped, come to me. All the broken, come to me. All the poor, come to me. I'm going to open a big place. I'm going to take all the people who have a lot of problems, come to me. Nobody will do that. They'll only say, okay, I can do it for 50, I can do it for 100, maximum. I'm tired. And they won't be sitting personally and counseling for everyone. Jesus says, come to me. He didn't say, come to my office. See my PA. You know, go fill out that paperwork. Now I'm going to decide whether I'm going to give you rest or not. Are you worth it? Are you worth my time? Jesus doesn't say that. He says, you are worth everything to me, my daughter. That's what Jesus says. Sometimes we feel, Lord, how can you even think about me like that? But Jesus says, number one, because he made you in his image. Jesus, God, he made us in his image. When he made us, like I said a few minutes ago, he made with a specific purpose. He said, this child, I'm making this child for this purpose. God never just randomly creates. Okay, I like to create and I like to decorate this world. So I'm going to create this person like this, this person like that. Oh, that looks good. You know like how we decorate sometimes? That piece looks nice over here. After you put it, we say, ah, that looks nice. Get another piece, put it... God didn't make us like that. He's a very specific purpose, a function in God's kingdom. That's the ultimate purpose. He has a function for you and for me in his kingdom. When we lose that focus and go somewhere else, run, run, and run, and run. You know, In a running race, you're supposed to run towards the goal, right? If the finishing line is over there, we're supposed to run that side. But sometimes, if you put little children and they don't know rules, and when you say one, two, three, they'll all ring, they'll all go in different directions. Many of us are like that. All we know is we know to run, right? And we all think that we are good runners. So we don't know how to run in our tracks. That's what Jesus Christ will teach us through his word. When we pick up the Bible and read, God says, when you turn to the left, when you turn to the right, you will hear a voice within you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Now, if you and I don't have that word of God in our heart, How can we hear it, right? We need to store God's word in our heart so that the spirit of the Lord can take the word of God and speak to us. We can have circumstances where we may not have read a scripture and God will all of a sudden bring a scripture portion to us. It's happened to me many times. But he always uses his scripture. God is never going to say, okay, I'm a genie, you know, one, two, three, you know, say this or say that. No. Whatever God speaks, it comes from his word. And God always works things out in our lives and through our lives for a purpose. So if God takes us through a path, okay, not because of sin. A lot of times we choose our own path and we get hurt. Okay, And God comes and rescues us. But once we come into the fold of God, will we have a problem? What do you think? After coming to Jesus Christ, will you have problems, yes or no? Yes. Will you have circumstances where you feel like you need to worry? Do we have circumstances that will come up? Yes. We're all in this world. And if we are walking with the Lord, we may get even more. Because the enemy will try to attack. But the Lord says, in this world, you will have tribulations. But be of good cheer. You know why? He has overcome this world. We know already the end result. He says, I have overcome this world. That means God says... Don't worry about the dead cockroach. Daddy has stepped on it already. Work is done, right? It's already done. Job is done. But a child can look at it and say, Cockroach, mommy, I'm scared. God says, don't worry. You may see a lot of roaches on the floor. Don't worry, they're dead. They can scare you. Don't get scared. That's what he says. You may go through circumstances that can cause you to worry, but the command of Jesus is, Do not worry about tomorrow. Take no thought for tomorrow.